0: Hello, welcome to Practical Wisdom Stories Soul Searching. My name is Nikki Kleppel, and our guest today is Sara Optimatala. Welcome, Sara. Thank you, Nikki. Um, I'm so excited to have you on the show. You have been um, A friend and a past client and student for many years and i'm excited at the end of this interview to highlight a video you were one of the first videos that i ever did and you're still pinned to my start of my facebook page um, about your story so we'll have that added on the end um, so thank you even four years ago for doing that with me um, maybe starting off since we met from Del Carnegie what was your biggest benefit from when you took the program
1: oh gosh well thank you first of all thank you so much for having me it's uh, it's always a pleasure uh, having this uh, connection and having this conversation with you Nikki um, um, I would say one of the biggest benefits, and I actually, I got reminded of it uh, two days ago uh, from my daughter. One of the biggest benefits is gaining confidence. Um, uh, originally coming from the Middle East, and there was a lot of, uh, I was struggling with a lot of culture issues and uh, how to cope in, how to fit in, etc. cetera. And uh, one of the biggest things that I've learned from Dale Carnegie is that how to position myself, how to speak confidently, Um, how to pick up questions, how to uh, handle conversations, arguments, et cetera. So I would say the biggest gain is like gaining confidence. Uh, handling different um, conversations, uh, conflicts, etc. That was one of the biggest gains. And uh, my daughter reminded me of that two days ago because now working, as we all working from home, as back to school thing, looks like she was keeping an ear out when I was hand- when I was driving the conversations with my coworkers and the meetings. And then I was taking a walk with her the other day, and she told me, "Wow, mommy, you are so confident." And I was like what made you say that? She goes, because I always listen to you in the meeting and I always like watch you, how how you're talking to your colleagues and how even like you are um, um, uh, sharing your thoughts, you are so confident. I wish I was like you. Um, Now I'm doing this presentation, she's saying, like now I was doing this presentation to my um, uh, classmates and to my, uh, my teacher. I always fear how to speak up, but I'm learning from you.
0: So, yeah. Isn't it interesting how our kids do, you know, watch us and learn. It's kind of interesting, even just doing this interview, my son, who's a junior, uh, just interviewed a freshman for the Mm. high school morning show. And I was just, gosh, so warm to think. I mean, I don't think he necessarily did it because of me, but it's interesting that they, you know, maybe are watching or picking up or getting notes on confidence. Um, And I guess on that note, you know, if you were to give her advice, other than just her watching what you do, um what's a story from your life that you know was kind of a defining moment of helping you to feel more confident? and you know maybe what advice would you give to your daughter and other young listeners?
1: Um, so a little bit about me. I'm actually um, um I'm not going to say retired uh, archer, but i was I'm still practicing i um I w- I'm an archer. I used to compete internationally and nationally. I used to present my uh, my country egypt so um, until this moment, I attribute a lot of things that uh, I take to, to my work in terms of like uh, behavior, handling tough situations, et cetera, to the to sports. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, I've learned determination from sports. I've learned how to be uh, perseverant, meaning that I, I don't give up. Uh, as long as I have a goal, I've learned defining goals. Uh, as long as I have a goal in mind, I do what it takes just to reach to my goal and do what I take within the boundaries of the values and principles that I always make sure that's ingrained in my daughter um, uh, mindset and how she's in, in, in her communication, and how she's dealing with people. But at the same time, uh, if there would be like one advice in the uh, in line of like building confidence and positioning yourself, handling tough situations, it would be don't lose hope. Uh, have faith in yourself find a good balance between being overconfident and very underconfident Uh, this is very tricky because and actually I told this to my daughter in the same uh, um, uh, situation when she was telling me that I'm very confident I told her guess what I still believe that I'm not confident enough and guess what Uh, If I look back at myself like five years ago, I actually noted the Dale Carnegie class. I told her if I look back at myself before I take Dale Carnegie, because I attribute this a lot of things that I've learned from Dale Carnegie. Mm. I would tell you that I was was a person who can get into the room, speak no more than just one sentence because of the fact I always have this um, feeling that Uh, maybe what I'm going to bring up to the table is not sufficient enough or is not relevant. So I always have this fear fear of, like, am I adding value? Should I speak up? Maybe I can just fill up a line. I always take this, like, as my way out of, like, avoiding having a lot of conversation in a a big setup or in front of, like, a big uh, group and audience. And um, she was like, wow, that's amazing. And I told her, it's not easy. It also takes a lot of support system around you uh support system from your mentors from your parents who believe the most in you uh from sponsors uh i i would say like i've also um been very uh grateful and blessed enough to have sponsors in uh, my work um um, uh, and my company as well and i say sponsors because those are people who are who really believe in me and they try to find a lot of opportunities that fit the most uh, uh, with my skill set, with my talents, with my work style. And at the same time, they also make sure that I'm su- surrounded with the right support system. Um, so uh, it's, if I would kind of like summarize that, one advice is believe in yourself, find the right balance between being overconfident and under underconfident because it's very, uh, it's very challenging. Yeah. Um, find the support system, always look for uh, sponsors, mentors, be very mindful about who's, who really knows you well enough to give you the, a genuine advice of
0: how to improve, how to work on yourself. Yeah. And what about now? How are you, I guess, paying that forward since you've had people help you as mentors? Uh, tell us about a mentee relationship that you've had and how you've been able to foster that in uh, someone else.
1: Uh, a very recent one, uh, Microsoft, I work for Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft actually uh, in, the summer, uh, intern, um, uh, in the summer intern, in the summer intern internship timeframe, uh, there's a group of people in, in the uh, woman group, they actually formed what they call it, woman internship uh, sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Um and um, they were basically calling for volunteers, so I saw the um uh, one of their uh, flyers and the newsletter, and I signed up for it and I actually uh, was lucky enough to have one of uh software engineers a uh, software engineer in turn from uh, from one of the engineering team that I work very closely with so um it 's uh, like an, a month and a half uh, long uh, mentorship thing, and uh, you take it on your own pace it depends on what what agreement you have with the mentee. Uh, And um, uh, I had almost like five sessions across um, one month or something, Mm -hmm. two of them I was on vacation. Uh, But the idea here, like I learned from her too. Uh, She was a person, she's a running senior uh, computer science, I forgot what university she's studying, but she's very determined, she's sharp. She would come to the meeting, uh, to the mentorship meeting where very precise questions in situations that you would like to discuss, and uh, I would say, like the first meeting was very interesting because we were both kind of like testing the water, in terms of like uh, what different uh, what styles we are com- we basically are, and um, uh, how open we can be, uh, what is our boundaries, etc. And I kind of like I like to take the um to take the lead and open up the environment to make sure that she has the safe environment to speak up and to talk whichever because that the whole idea of this mentorship uh, session is help her uh achieve her goals grow find the right uh, opportunity after she graduates and um, open up the horizon as much as I can for her um so it was very it was very nice it was. I feel like um and I got a very nice note from her when she um uh, uh, when she concluded the program, which actually just made my day. Um and she was very appreciative of the of, for the whole discussion that we had and the sessions, and we stay we're staying in touch until now. So the point here is that um um one of the things that I'm I'm having as my personal goal is payback. Um to the community and try to find this opportunity where I can actually share the knowledge, share the expertise, uh, learn as well again, because um, life is a continuous learning journey, right? Uh, Find the opportunity where I can actually share those um, um, experiences with whoever might be out there uh, needing some help navigating through those challenges for which I I always look up for any of those uh, opportunities like mentorship, uh, sponsorship, et cetera.
0: Yeah. I love how you really value that it goes both ways. So, you know, I think a lot of times people think that volunteering is just giving to someone else and you really highlight, you know, you learned a lot and you got a lot and you felt good and, you know, receiving that letter as well. So, um, you know, and that, I think it, can be grounded, you know, obviously this is like kind of a soul searching, you know, we're going through this season uh, to kind of dig deeper, you know, have conversations, you know, with our kids that are really meaningful, et cetera, uh, with mentors and mentees. So thank you for that. Um, And, you know, I know that for my faith, you know, the idea of like giving and is receiving and you know, how important that is. I'm wondering, is there a verse from the Quran that's your favorite or is really meaningful for you?
1: um i nothing actually not a precise verse from the quran but um we also uh, we you know that we are we believe in prophet uh, muhammad as well so prophet muhammad has a lot of uh, sayings that uh, we also take as um, um as a role model mm-hmm. so it, it goes like um it goes it goes back to the point of giving back to the community and be generous with your learnings and um and everything that you gained in life as far as like um uh, what do you call it like knowledge Mm -hmm. um this is i am gonna say this is one of the guiding principle Mm -hmm. uh, for various reasons uh one reason is that it was not an easy educational journey that i had back then and I'm still learning. Uh, I just got my MBA from Foster Business Schools last uh, uh, June. So I'm very, uh, thank you. I'm very blessed to have add uh, more knowledge to and uh, skills to my skill set as well. So the point here is that um, coming back from um, a background that education or having a a good quality education is is a luxury. (laughs) It's not really something that you take for granted. Mm -hmm. Um, I always have this in mind of like, how can I make sure that I'm, um, playing a role in um, offering uh, whichever knowledge or education to uh, whoever there who they're, don't have the same um, don't have the right um, sources or the um, uh, whatever resources they have in order to uh, grow their se- grow themselves and learn. Mm-hmm. so i've I've learned from that from muhammad's verse of muhammad saying is that be generous with your learning and knowledge don't waste an opportunity to share it with people this is yeah. a way of uh, uh, generosity this is a way of showing that uh, you're not only a taker you're a giver
0: yeah fantastic and you know what about from your childhood? You said, you know, certainly sports influenced you, but you're also leaning into that education. Did that come from your parents, your family, or is that like, was there a teacher? Or have you always had that? You know, maybe what's a story from your childhood that created, instilled in you that um, appreciation for learning?
1: I think it, it, it goes both ways, uh, from both sides, actually. From one of the teachers that I had, ma- my math teacher, Mm-hmm. uh she was one of i would say she was the very first one who believed in my capabilities and my abilities in uh in education in general and solving problems particularly since it was a math uh um uh, subject etc uh she was one of she's the the first one who opened up the my eye and in, and in, into the world in a way of like she was always me, she was always pushing me through uh she was um uh because she, she knows my capability. At that time, I wasn't even aware of like what is my capability is. She was pushing me, pushing my boundaries in a way that, hey, you need always to be out there learning what's new. Don't fear. Uh, make mistakes. You will always make mistakes, but this is how you learn. Yeah. And I learned from her as well is that how can I seek help? And until this moment, um, it's not an easy practice for me to raise a hand saying, hey, I need help but I learned from her that way. This how this is one way of growing yourself, uh, learning. And on the other hand, she also taught me that those people who we are seeking help from should be generous enough to share their knowledge, expertise, and experience with you because this is also how they contribute to your growth.
0: Yeah, Yeah, you know, it seems like this idea of, an imposter syndrome. And, you know, that is a big trigger is asking for help. So, you know, people might hear that and go, Hey, that sounds great, but you know, I might get fired or people are going to think I'm stupid, especially, you know, being a woman in tech or something. So how, you know, is there either a, a mantra or like, how do you kind of in that moment get over that nervousness for asking for help? I, I won't be like, uh, I'll be very open with you it's uh i'm learning as i'm
1: going as well uh, at least um the, one of the things that i uh, um, what i continuously and consciously doing is um try to keep track of like what are the areas that i felt like it's not an area that um, my strength area and how did i uh um act in those situations where I'm lacking lacking knowledge. Did I fall back to the model of like keeping quiet? Or did I ask questions in a way of like, and did I actually come come very forward saying, by the way, in a meeting or like a one-on-one setup, by the way, I have a little bit of uh, less knowledge in this domain, so I really appreciate your help bringing me up to speed in X, Y, Z. This is one way of, one, acknowledging the fact that I I don't have enough knowledge. Second is giving the uh, the. However, I'm talking to the audience is that I might be asking basic questions in your mind, but it's basic question because I don't have
0: enough knowledge. Yeah, and thanks uh, for that framework. Just even how to phrase things is a great starting point. Yeah, um, Sarah. What about you know during this season? that's just been so unprecedented. You know, what is one thing that maybe you have reprioritized or discovered? you know, maybe how have your values changed during the season of COVID and work from home and quarantine? Yeah. Uh, not really about values.
1: It's uh, values. I think I um, got reinforced mm-hmm. uh, in the sense of like um, um, ensuring that I I can play a role in helping other people, other maybe girlfriends, my friends in general, getting, uh, coping with the situation. That's one of the values that I have, which is helping others and giving others. Uh, but during that as well, because I tend to do this, overdo it, and it takes from the energy, it takes from my um, um, from my capacity in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I've learned is that how to find the right balance. Uh, because one of my mentors back then taught me is that you need to think one way, that. You are a resource that has a limited capacity. You're a human being in this life. You cannot allocate your resources and your capacity across zillion things. You have to set priorities. And that priorities need to be based on what do you believe is uh, the right thing to do and how much value um, it will add to whoever I'm doing uh, or I'm contributing this to. So to the point about um, setting priorities, my priorities was my family, including my daughter, who is a, now, she's a third grader. Um, as we started this pandemic thing, she was in, uh, in her last year in second grade, which, which was very painful uh, because she's a very uh, active girl. Uh, she's used, she used to go out like three times a day after school with the classes here and activists there but all staying home. So she was my first priority second is uh, basically my work and I the way that I tackled work is that I was very open with my management and my team saying I'm just going to block two hours in the morning and that will be the two hours that I'm going to set up the uh the whole day for my daughter including like all the tools that she needs to uh do her homework etc and then afterwards I'll be available and I'll check off um uh, in the evening and I mud- I basically set the expectation on my availability and why I'm taking this time off uh, and I would say that it was not an easy decision to make uh, because the old me um, would fear coming very open to my team or to my management saying I'm not going to be available in a particular time of the uh, of the day or whatever over the period because I was always feared that it would be perceived that I'm slacking or I'm not going to be uh, performing as they expecting expecting uh, me to perform. Uh, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, you're so relatable, and you know, especially so relevant now with back to school. You know, just even looking on social media, there's so many people who have posts about the anxiety um, of managing e-school, and um, so thank you just for you know, kind of the phrases like name it to tame it, and just being able to realize it's okay to have those conversations. You know, you yeah. still have a job. You know, you're able to to do that, and I think you know, I'm seeing the corporate world be so much more. Um, open to work-life connection, and, and you know, maybe it's not work-life balance exactly, but just realizing, you know, you're going to see Zoom and Teams calls and little, you know, kids in their pajamas, and, you know, yeah. that was actually one of my favorite times, and, you know, um, it was a, a Muslim gentleman, actually, and I just love, because you could see his wife in the background and his little kid in the zip-up jammies, you know, and, it, like, oh, everyone yes. on the call was like, you're just like me, you know, and I just... Yeah that's something that, you know, especially, sure, in politics, you know, it seems like there's so many differences, but, you know, when we see people in their home and hear, you know, you know, our faiths are different and our parenting mm-hmm. styles the same. I just feel like it's broken down so many barriers. It's been something that I, you know, it's been a real blessing around, yeah. you know, the challenges certainly of the pandemic. So thank you for, yeah. you know, just being open and, and sharing that value with us. Sarah, one thing that I... Uh, really appreciate is being able to be friends enough with you and and be open enough to like be curious and kind of ask about your faith and um, I have heard you know sometimes people say oh you know why do you women have to cover your hair and like it's like a burden and you um, help me to see that differently so would you share that with the audience as well Um, so obviously I'm Muslim woman
1: I'm originally from Egypt, from the Middle East. Um, I, I wear hijab, and there's a lot of, um, you would you would hear from a lot of Muslim women, I probably you've, you've seen a lot of Muslim out there that you don't recognize they're Muslim because they're not wearing hijab. Uh, but I wear it because I believe, and it's, there's a verse in Quran that, that that tells us hijab is a way of um, respecting women as, um, as a way of like, Woman is a gem. Everything about the woman, she should, should be only preserved for those who um, deserve that woman as uh, uh, their queen in their life. Those are the people, the relative. Uh, those are the definitely husbands and um, and their uh, first degree uh, relative, etc. So it is it's up to me if I want to take it off or wear it, but I made that conscious decision because I'm a strong believer of um, um, who I am, Uh, and I have a strong believer that um, uh, me wearing hijab, not wearing hijab doesn't change anything about me, and I don't fear uh, the perception or the stereotyping. So, and I'm all because of that, uh, I always take the lead of open up the conversation. If I see question marks, and some people are stereotyping me saying, by the way, me wearing that hijab doesn't mean that I'm covering my brain. I still have a brain. And I try to turn it into more of like fun stories out there.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I appreciate because, you know, I think maybe. Um a phrase I love is don't believe everything you think, you know, and I think, oh, it's easy to misunderstand or say, oh, you know, as like a feminist, you know, you're losing your, you know, independence or confidence or something and and not at all. Like, and you just really helped me to see things differently. And um, so thank you for just kind of shining a light on a different way. You know, if some of our listeners don't have a, a friend that they can say, hey, can you, help me to see this you know in a different way so thank you for for sharing that as well and you know letting being a friend to our listeners as well if you were to kind of summarize you know a piece of practical wisdom what would you say be
1: yourself uh be yourself uh be generous with the uh all what you can have whether that being knowledge whether that being it doesn't have something to, it doesn't have to be something materialistic mm-hmm. uh, always be on the look of uh of those opportunities where you can uh pay back to the community um uh extend a hand for help even the if it's not an obvious thing uh, to you that this there's someone out there that needs help mm-hmm. just be open to that uh, okay. but at the end of the day it's you who you are so just be yourself
0: Yay. Well, and you've done that with us. So thank you for sharing your knowledge and your story and your talent with us. We really appreciate it. Oh, thanks uh, for
1: having me. I appreciate it. That's very nice conversation. Thanks for having me, Nikki.
0: Hi, my name is Nikki Klappel and This is a story that happened a couple months ago. One of my students was talking about a childhood story about qualifying for the Olympics. And I went home and I told my boys, I said, oh, I heard a story about an Olympian today. And they said, where's he from? And I said, she is from Egypt and she is an archer. So she's here with me today, Um, Sarah. Realizing your story got me really thinking about some of the biases that we have on people and hearing my boys say assuming that an Olympic athlete is a man and I'm wondering if you've had a similar situation at work where people maybe wouldn't assume a more introverted woman from Egypt is an Olympian. So can you tell us a story about how how that came about with them? So
2: it's so here's the thing. Actually, the story is a little, I found it very funny. So it's one of my colleagues. Um, I was having this meeting with her, and then all of a sudden something came up, and then she um, she started asking questions. Uh, I told her, yeah, I learned it actually. I learned this kind of style when I was doing archery, and then she stopped me saying, hey, hey, hey what are you saying? Like archery, like a bow and arrow. I told her, yeah. She told me, hey, forget about the meeting now. I need, I need to learn more. That sounds to be interesting because yeah. wh- how did you get to archery? How long? I told her, well, I've been doing archery for like 10 years. And she told me, wow, how far you've can like, you've been, like you know, you've reached there? I told her, well, you can call it pro because I, I represented my Egyptian uh, national team. So
0: and you qualified for the Olympics in Beijing?
2: Yes. Wow. And I got qualified also. So I competed also in the World Championship in Germany in 2009. So the point is that the whole conversation that uh, that happened gave me like an insight. Wow, it's very interesting that when you start open up to other people and trying to uh, add more personal aspect yeah. to the conversation that. Really facilitates the work styles working with them moving forward so I found it very very interesting it's not only about work and business it's about learning other advantage also to learn about you and it's two
0: sides so when we become genuinely interested in other people we make a connection and also to offer up information from us about those defining moments and what our values are and maybe about our personal life so that we have a connection with people and the work goes smoother as well thanks so much thank you